This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 28th of August to the 3rd of September. I'm Features Editor Ezzy Pearson, and I'm joined this week by Reviews Editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ezzy. Right, so what do we have coming up for us in this week's night sky? Well, last week started in the evening sky, so it's inevitable that we'd have to start this week with the morning sky warming. I'm sorry, folks, it's one of those things you'll have to get up, and it is in the morning twilight. Venus is back. Now, it's possible you may have picked it up. Venus is such a bright planet that it's possible you may have picked it up sooner if you've been out walking the dog before you go to work, something like that. You do need to be looking around about 5 a.m. as uh, the twilight is just really beginning to set in. So Venus is quite low down. It's actually in the constellation of Cancer the Crab and won't be too far away, actually, from um, the star cluster Messier 67. But that's for next week. We've got an encounter. But uh, so if you want to have a look for Venus sort of thing, it's always nice when it comes back into it. Surprising how quick it swings back into the morning sky. We've lost it for a long time in the evening sky because the ecliptic was quite shallow. So although it was a reasonable distance from the sun, it was setting at almost the same time as the sun, so we couldn't see it. But I have friends who actually followed it through conjunction because it was about seven degrees away from the sun and were able to get a picture. Uh, I think good old Pete was able to do that sort of thing. And, uh, and one of our other contributors, Dave Eagle, uh, has managed to get it at conjunction as well. I mean, that's quite something mm. when it's seven degrees away to image. It's very dangerous as well, so you have to be very, very careful. But then it bounds back into the morning sky. And because the ecliptic is steeper, it actually gets higher very quickly. So it'll become very well placed. As I say, it's in uh, Cancer. Uh, it's 
technically south of the Messier 44, the Beehive Cluster as well. Um, so if you're using binoculars, A, pick out Messier 67 and drift up and pick up Messier 44 as extra bonuses. We like bonuses, don't we? So the bonus mm. objects in the night sky. But yes, Venus will guide you to them. It is very bright and uh, it is now returned to the morning sky. If you like getting up in the mornings, of course. <laughs> Now I'll be kind and we'll, we'll do the next one. We'll have an evening one, shall we? Now we tend, we, we have to follow the moon because, you know, the moon does go around us. Um, you know, it is the prominent object. Uh, when it's in the sky, most people notice the moon first before anything else. Um, but this month was interesting sort of thing because the moon was full at the beginning of the month and it's going to be full at the end. But just before we get to that, on August the 30th, a day before, Look around about 10 o'clock for the almost full moon. So if you use a telescope, you might get a very thin bit of darkness. Of course, you're seeing the bright bit, but the, the, you'll realize it isn't quite perfectly spherical. But the moon will be below Saturn. So view any time after 9 o'clock in the evening, as I say, when it lies directly under the planet, and then as they rise, the moon will slowly move away from uh, Saturn after that sort of thing. So, uh, yes, it's a good time to get Saturn and the moon together. Um, and they say the moon is almost full, which brings us to the next night. It'll lie closer to Neptune because there's quite a gap now between Saturn and Neptune. And they will start closing the gap over the next few years, by the way. But the moon will be full. Now, this is it's one of those weird things. It's a blue moon. Because it's the second one in the month, but it's also a supermoon because it's actually at its closest or close to the closest point in its orbit to the Earth. So it appears larger. So we've got a blue supermoon to look forward to, <laughs> but I, I will say it doesn't look blue. It, it's not named that because it looks blue. It's just one of those things that's coming to fashion over the years, sort of thing to call it the second full moon is blue. There's several other definitions as well which add and muddy yes. the waters or should i say yes. muddy the skies <laughs> i was i was about to say we should probably do a bit more of a note on what exactly a blue moon is um because there are various different forms uh the ones that gets used most often and the one that is being used in this context uh is when you get two moons in a calendar month um so the cycle of the moon is about 29 days I think it's 29 and a half days. So sometimes, it, you know, you get managed to get two in a month. Uh, I think it happens well, about two once. Full moons. Two, two full moons yeah, in a month. Two full yes. moons. Yeah. Um, it happens every couple of years. Because the moon's quite visible most of the month, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it happens every couple of years. So uh, once in a blue moon means every couple of years. Um, but there's also another type of blue moon, which is when you get four full moons in a astronomical season. Um, which actually there will be one of those next year. So we'll have one of those to look forward to. Those are slightly rarer. I think they're every sort of four or five years or something. Um, and occasionally you do actually get a blue moon where it looks blue in the night sky. Um, unfortunately, that is usually because a volcano nearby has erupted uh, and it puts <laughs> yeah. up various things into the atmosphere, which uh, gets rid of all of the... So it scatters away all of the light that isn't blue. Um, and that's why it tends to look blue. But those are those are very rare when you actually see a blue moon. Um, I don't think there's been any for a long time. So, which is good because it means a volcano hasn't exploded. 
<laughs> yeah, yes. Um, if a volcano explodes in the UK, I'll be worried. But we cause these these volcanoes when they go up, they can go off the other side of the world, and when they get up into the stratosphere, mm. those particles spread out, and we do get affected, don't we? So yeah. uh, you know, not not that I want a volcano to go off just for us to see a blue moon. <laughs> that wouldn't be very nice itself, would it? No. So there we are, sort of things. But remember, Saturn lies off to the far right of the moon, but Neptune lies closer, but it's to the left of the full moon. But you will need, as I said, binoculars or a telescope, especially with the glare of the full moon. Um, and of course, full moon, it's it, deep sky observers, we hate the moon. Mm. When it's full, it washes the sky with its own light pollution. But you know, nowadays with modern filters, it's surprising what you can do. And especially astrophotographers now are finding they can photograph especially in narrowband, um, when the moon's up. So, uh, you know, I mean, we used to think, oh, good, the, the moon's up, we can have a rest. So, <laughs> but not anymore. You can not carry anymore. on imaging all through the month, if you so wish. So, we're getting towards the end of the week, and it's September the 3rd. Sort of thing, and what we find is the moon has moved across the sky more. It's obviously losing its phase now. It's, it's diminishing in phase. Uh, it's a gibbous moon now. And on the third, eleven o'clock. So we're on the late evening. You know, so that's that's good news. I mean, it doesn't mean staying up a bit, but late evening, when Jupiter and Uranus and M forty five are up above the eastern horizon, the moon will join them. And on that night, that the uh, September the third, it's like a a shallow crescent. So a shallow curved line, starting with the moon on the right, then Jupiter, then Uranus, which of course you'll need binoculars for, and the Pleiades star cluster as well. So that'll be quite a pretty, it'd be interesting to get a picture of that. But mm. remember the moon, to get the rest of the objects, you know, sort of Uranus and the Pleiades, you're going to need a longer exposure. So the moon will be burnt out and Jupiter will make it quite bright. But worth trying sort of thing, just to get something mm. unusual and different, isn't it? I'm sure there's also people out there who can uh, do some kind of composite imaging. So you've got one where you do the exposure for the moon and one for the things like the Pleiades and Uranus, uh, and then then put them together. I'm sure that would be a nice thing to see. Superimpose and then you yes, cleverly exactly, superimpose yes. them. <laughs> yes. um, and of course, if people are interested in learning how to do that sort of thing, we have guides on all aspects of astrophotography over on our website. And as always, if you do manage to take a fun, interesting picture, please do send them into the magazine. Again, details can be found on the website. But thank you very much, Paul, for taking us through everything that we have to see this week. It's a pleasure. So to summarise once again, on the 30th of August, the almost full moon will be just below Saturn. On the 31st of August, you can look forward to a super blue moon uh, when the moon will be slightly closer and bigger and brighter to Earth. Uh, you won't be able to notice the difference probably on the night sky, but it will be slightly brighter. And then on the 3rd of September, the gibbous moon in the late evening will be joined by Jupiter, Uranus and M45, the Pleiades, to create a lovely shallow bowl. So thank you again for listening. And if you want to get even more updates about what's coming up in the night sky, do subscribe to the podcast and we will see you here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky this month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for throughout the whole month. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our sky guide has got you covered, with detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skynightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 